This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Monday to you. Hope it's starting off right, even if it's going to be starting off a little bit wet. It's all right. It should dry out, but it won't really warm up too much. Sorry about that. I know. I know it's the second week of June. We should be pushing at least over 70 degrees most of the time. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the case this week. It'll be, be a little bit warmer, but raining tomorrow. When we're going to be out doing the show live from Rochelle's in Akushnet. So if you want to come out and hang out with us tomorrow morning, we will be at Rochelle's. We'll be having some breakfast over there and we will have a seize the deal on sale for you. Uh, that will go on sale at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. But we'll be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow. We'll be talking a little bit more about some of the great food that they have over there. And I'm sure some of you, it's your favorite breakfast place. So come on over and say hi. I'm going to bring an extra microphone. So that if uh, anybody that's at Rochelle's wants to be part of the conversation, it's basically whenever we do these shows out on the road, I always bring an extra mic so that if you wanted to be a caller into the show, instead of doing so, you could just walk right over to the mic and and share your thoughts. So I, I like doing that when we go out on the road because, first of all, it gives us a chance to talk face to face, but also it wouldn't really be so good if you were like sitting over at your booth and calling into the show from there, and we get kind of that echo effect. You know, that whole turn down your radio thing? Well, you can't turn down your radio when your radio is sitting right across the restaurant from you. It's a little bit harder. So w- that's why I want to bring that microphone there. So if anybody does want to take part, they can do so. So I welcome that. Of course, we'll also have the regular phone lines open, app chat, all of those regular ways that you can reach out to us. We'll have all those opportunities, even though we are out on the road. I did this a lot in my 9 to 12 show. And it was always fun. It was uh, sometimes, you know, you would see people that wanted to come over and take part in it, but you could tell that they were a little bit nervous of the microphone, but yet they would have no problem calling in and doing it on the phone. It's the same thing. There's no reason to be intimidated by the microphone. Come on over and join in the conversation. So that'll be tomorrow morning from six to nine at Rochelle's in a cushion. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some of you, looking forward to having some breakfast during breakfast time. And looking forward to being able to tell you about all the great stuff going on over there so that you can get your hands on that Seize the Deal. Because as I always tell you, SeizeTheDeal.com, that's the place you should be starting your day every day with all the great deals that we offer there. Uh, And I like when we can put them on sale right there live and I can watch. And so many times those ones that we sell, we put on sale when we're out there on the road, they sell out before I even get back to the studio. So, and it doesn't take me long to pack up everything and bring it, bring it back either. So make sure you jump on that deal early tomorrow morning. So unfortunately, I, you know, what happened Friday was a tragedy. What happened Friday was just horrific. And what happened Friday is senseless. And if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, we have the stories, multiple stories at WBSM.com and on the app. 
But basically, we had heard, Kate had heard something was going on over on Phillips Road. And she was trying to find out what was happening, what was going on. Normally, when there's a, a, a fatality and you reach out to the police department, the police department will tell you you have to contact the district attorney's office. And unfortunately, we know that when we hear that, when we get that phrase, we know that that means that there was a fatality. And so Kate had very little details. It just so happened that on Friday, District Attorney Tom Quinn was here at WBSM. He popped in to record a Town Square Sunday segment, uh, which you can also hear at WBSM.com on the app and in our podcasts. Uh, He and Brian Rose from the DA's office came over and, and spoke with Jim Phillips about the Bristol County celebration of seniors. And as he was leaving, you know, Kate was asking about what was going on with this. And he said he was on his way over there that he didn't really know at that point in time. So it really was very limited information for a long period of time. And then once the information was released, it just became a a flood of bad news. And the story was sad enough when we had heard that it was a murder-suicide. But then I had a neighbor reach out to me and started giving me some, you know, off the record details, some things that, you know, we took to the DA's office to confirm. And it just so happened that, you know, that everything that this neighbor was saying turned out to be true, including the fact that the, the person who was murdered was this man's eight year old son. And that was a rough thing to have to reach out and and have confirmed but it was confirmed and within you know as we're putting all the pieces together here in the newsroom trying to get this confirmed and you know they're trying to plan a press conference so rather than just responding to us directly you know they're they're going to have the press conference so as we were peeling back the layers we were our jaws were dropping with just how much there was to this story I mean, we spent a good amount of time looking into the connection between George Scott III and Lisa Hazard. And then we, you know, we had heard prior to the press conference that George Scott's father was, was somebody famous. And we started peeling that back and discovered that he was the, the son of former Red Sox all-star George Boomer Scott. And that he himself was a baseball prospect. We have a story about that. And some people might look at that and say, well, why would you write a story about the father of the suspect? I don't know. I don't really know what to call the person who is the perpetrator of a murder-suicide. I guess we'll call him that. We'll call him the perpetrator of the, of the murder-suicide. I, I, people were wondering why you would write an article about that and the familial connection and, and his background. And I thought that it was important because not only is it somebody that has a connection to, to people around here, but also it was very strange that, I mean, again, the DA's office will give us all the facts. They'll give us all the information when the time comes. And so right now, a lot of this is speculation. But as they mentioned, George Scott, the perpetrator of this murder-suicide, is a suspect in the disappearance of his 
girlfriend, Lisa Hazard, who disappeared in uh, 2019, I believe, or 2018. I have to look, look at the article. But she disappeared, I think it was 2019. And he claimed that she had gone to Fall River looking for drugs. Now, I don't know how long he was a person of interest for in this case, but he had been a person of interest at least as of late. Because as the DA's office told us two and a half weeks ago, they had gone to his home and, and executed a search warrant. Which was something that the neighbor had told me had happened. You know, the neighbor said just recently the authorities were there looking through his home and, and, and that they had taken his car. So I'm looking at that bit of information of, you know, was this the first time that he realized that he was a person of interest? Because as I'm putting together this article about his background and I'm starting to find out just recently, he joined a sports card trading company as, uh, uh, I guess, a celebrity endorser or um, I, I believe they called him an ambassador for the brand. So he is someone who, with his sports card knowledge and sports world connections, was kind of a an ambassador for this this company that would grade your sports cards, your Pokemon cards. And I know people uh, who have, you know, kids or grandkids that collect Pokemon cards, you know the value of those cards. The, this isn't just a game that kids play. These cards have significant value. And so this company would grade those. They would grade your baseball cards, your basketball cards, your football cards, what have you. And trading card, the trading card market isn't what it used to be. But from my understanding, it made a huge comeback during the pandemic because there wasn't a lot of stuff that, you know, young people could do. So they started collecting cards again. It had taken a dip. And I think the dip was more because, and I, I used to be involved in this world. I used to collect comics and cards and all that stuff. But I think a lot of the dip happened because there was an oversaturation. You know, when you've got eight different lines of MLB cards coming out every year, it's hard to know what's going to be worth more than another and all these kind of things. And it's hard for the average collector to keep up. You know, it's like if you're a Spider-Man fan, you had no problem keeping up with all the storylines. So they had, you know, 15 different Spider-Man lines. And then you have to go out there and buy 15 different comics every month. And it starts to get all jumbled up and... You only pick the storylines you want to follow and all that. And it's kind of the same with sports cards. I think there was an oversaturation, so people collected them less. Plus, when more people collect, whatever you collect becomes worth less. And that makes it less interesting for people. Anyway, I digress. So he had gotten involved in this company. He had also started a podcast. And from, all, from what I can tell, there were no episodes of the podcast yet. It had only recently been announced. And a lot of times that's the case. People will announce that they're having a podcast, build up some of the social following for it so that when they first put it out there, they actually get some downloads. So this was a guy that was in the process of starting some things. So that doesn't speak to me as somebody who might have been suicidal. But all these things were announced before the 
authorities came and searched his home. So this strikes me as, and again, this is just speculation. The, the DA's office hasn't given us any indication that this is the case. But this strikes me as somebody who said, uh-oh, they're on to me. Now, I don't want to convict him before, you know, the facts have been brought forward, but, you know, killing yourself is bad enough. Taking the life of your eight-year-old son, apparently within hours of him just turning eight years old, is just absolutely horrific. And there are still a lot of details that will have to come out in this story, a lot that will have to be brought to light. This is something that I think there's going to be a lot of layers still to be peeled back on this. And I saw comments over the weekend. You know, I saw comments that people wrote where it's like, well, that's New Bedford for you. No, no, that's not New Bedford for you. That's not. Things like this don't happen here all the time. Things like this shouldn't happen anywhere all the time. This is something that You know, I'm sure there are national interests in this story. There'll be documentaries made about this case. There'll be episodes of programs on Discovery ID or Netflix documentaries made about this. This is not a, a common thing. And you shouldn't you shouldn't sweep this under the rug as just being, oh, just another another murder in New Bedford. No, this is first of all a horrible tragedy. But secondly, there's there's something deeper here. There's a deeper story that needs to be exposed. Apparently, it just seems like this person is guilty of something to do with the disappearance of his ex-girlfriend. And from some of the stories that I was reading, going back, I remembered the case of Lisa Hazard, but I didn't remember all the details. I was going back and reading some other things, some of the news coverage at the time, and some of the Facebook posts at the time. There's a group where they're trying to, you know, bring her home because she's never, she's, the official word is that she has just disappeared. And there were people who had reported sightings of her, I think in New Jersey, not long after she had disappeared, but that her appearance had been altered. I can't imagine, and, and based on the comments of the, folks in that group who knew her personally, including family members, I can't imagine that even if she was trying to escape from her ex-boyfriend, that she would go without her son. So all of this still has to be figured out. And I think that the DA's office probably has some more information that will come to light once they can piece some more pieces together. Just seems that way to me. Just speculation on my part. But it's still, it's a horrible tragedy. And I don't want people to just be dismissive of it. Because uh, an, an eight-year-old boy is, is, is dead as a result of this. We'll make sure that we follow up on it. We'll make sure that we give you all the latest news on it as we get it. And of course, if you want to discuss it, 508-996-0500. You can also call in. I mean, uh, also text in using app chat on the WBSM app. You can also leave us open line voicemails on the WBSM app as well. Also on the WBSM app and at WBSM.com. Uh, we found Willie's secret stash.
Not that. We found tickets. More tickets to see Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival coming up in September at Xfinity Center. Thanks to our friends at Live Nation, we have some more tickets to give away all this week. And if you haven't entered already, you can go to our website and you can enter to win those tickets. You can go to the app. You can enter to win those tickets there. It's the same thing no matter which way you go. Whether you go on the website, whether you go on the app, it's going to bring you to the same page. And when you get there, just type in some information. And each day this week, we will draw a winner and we will announce it on the air. And then Casey will send you all the information that you need to fill out in order to claim your tickets. These are virtual tickets. So you do need to have a Live Nation account. What will happen is you just download that if you don't have it already. Super easy to do. And then when you are the winner and you send all the paperwork back to Casey, she sends you the tickets electronically into your Live Nation account. And then when you go to the show, you just open up the app, they scan your phone, you walk right in. Or maybe you don't want to use the tickets, you want to give them to someone else, then you would just transfer them to that person's Live Nation account. So that that way there, you don't have to come down here and pick up physical tickets and worry about losing them. That was always my greatest fear, is that I would you know, get tickets to something and then lose them before the show. Or even worse, I would have them, but then drive all the way to the show and forget them. I did that one time for a U2 show. And I had to have somebody bring them to me because there's no way I would have been able to have leave, left and, and, and come back in time. So I paid a friend 50 bucks to pick them up at my house and bring them to me. Because I'm a dope that left him on the counter at home. Then you don't have to worry about that with these. They will be electronic tickets that will get sent right to your phone, right to your Live Nation account. That you'll be, and I, I believe you can print them out if you cho if you choose to do that. I just leave them right in my app so that they can just scan my phone as I'm walking in. Anyway, so yeah, you can enter to win those at WBSM.com or on the app, and we will draw that winner later on this morning. Right now, though, I do have to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. And in just a moment, we're going to be going into the newsroom with Kate. But before that, I want to read this app chat message that came in from Not Bad in Oak Bluffs. He says, good morning, Tim. The weather isn't the greatest at this point, but I will sure take it in stride as we had a very mild and snowless winter. Yeah, I think that that is a, a fair trade. If we're going to have a little bit of a rainy rainy season, which we are still in, uh, then I have no problem with that. I'd rather have that than have a whole bunch of snow in the winter, but yet we still need to have that that moisture. So I think getting it now and in, in the rainy season is probably the best option. They are saying it'll be a pretty hot summer as a result of the snowless winter. I'm, I'm not too thrilled about that. I'm not a big fan of the heat. You know, 75 degrees, you know, some 80-degree days, those are cool. I don't need 90-plus heat waves, not, at least not until I get the air conditioning working in my car, which... <laughs> Every time I think I have it figured out, it's something else. Same, yeah. No, no AC. We, I mean, I have, I have natural air conditioning. I just roll down all four windows. It doesn't help when you get into the car, though, after it's been sitting in the parking lot. It also doesn't help when the air outside is almost 100 degrees, That's too. True. That's not much better. All right. Well, let's go into the newsroom with Kay Robinson. A Florida businessman says his family was on the crashed plane that caused chaos in Washington, D.C. 
The plane sparked panic yesterday after it violated restricted airspace and forced the military to scramble F-16s at supersonic speeds. That caused a sonic boom that led to phone calls to the police and news outlets. The civilian plane crashed in the Virginia wilderness after repeated attempts by NORAD to establish contact, but the pilot was reportedly unconscious. Officials in Davenport, Iowa, are confirming that the body of a person who's been found in the apartment building that partially collapsed last weekend. A city spokesperson identified the victim as Brandon Colvin, who's the first confirmed death. The 42-year-old Colvin was one of three people still missing. Senator Joe Manchin isn't saying if he's planning on a third-party presidential run. Speaking on Fox News on Sunday, the West Virginia Democrat did say that people, quote, want to be governed from the middle rather than from the far left or far right. Manchin's name has reportedly come up as a possible choice for a bipartisan political group called No Labels. Russia says Ukraine has launched a major attack in the east. It's not clear at this point if this is the beginning of the counteroffensive that Kyiv has been hinting about in recent weeks. Kyiv has not confirmed or denied the claims. The Russian Defense Ministry says Ukrainian ground forces launched a, quote, large-scale offensive in eastern Ukraine late Sunday. A Texas federal judge is banning legal filings that are drafted mostly by AI technology from his court without the documents being checked for accuracy. Mark Mayfield with the story. U.S. District Judge Brantley Starr says that attorneys have to file a certificate before appearing in court that states that AI platforms didn't assist in the filing or that it was checked for accuracy using print reporters or traditional databases. Starr argues that AI platforms like ChatGPT are prone to hallucinations and bias, and that they can fake content such as quotes or citations. I'm Mark Mayfield. A major West Coast port near Los Angeles is being affected by a labor dispute. According to CNBC, the largest terminal in Long Beach has notified truckers that they'll be closed today. Union workers walked off the job after a breakdown in wage negotiations. Chuck Todd is stepping down this fall as moderator of NBC's Meet the Press. Trey Thomas reports. He announced the news during Sunday morning's edition of the show. It's been an amazing nearly decade-long run. I'm pretty, really proud of what this team and I have built over the last decade and frankly the last 15 plus years that I've been here at NBC. Todd, who has been the moderator since 2014, will become NBC's chief political analyst. He said he wants to spend more time with his family as well as work on more long-form projects. I'm Trey Thomas. A new report from the U.S. Postal Service shows that mail carriers really do have reason to be cautious of man's best friend. The USPS reports that more than 5,300 postal workers were attacked by dogs last year. Houston, Texas had the highest number of dog attacks on USPS workers last year with 57. And Paris broke a new record over the weekend. The city's most famous avenue was turned into an open-air classroom on Sunday as almost 1,400 people took part in a massive spelling exercise. About 1,700 desks were laid out on the Champs-Élysées for an event billed as the, quote, largest dictation in the world. It consisted of three rounds. In each, a text was read out loud and contestants tried to transcribe it without error. French media say it was recognized by Guinness World Records as the largest such competition ever. 
In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday 6-2. to They're at it again this afternoon. Now for your local forecast from ABC6. Well, today we're going to be finally warming up. We'll be back in the 60s today, but we do have some of those showers just still moving in and out of the area. So we'll see moments of clouds and overcast, some scattered showers moving through the area, and we'll finally start to clear up later on this afternoon. Overnight tonight, 49 degrees, and for tomorrow, warming up back into the 70s, but those afternoon scattered showers return. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's news talk station 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 50 degrees with a little bit of a drizzle. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. You don't have to jump out of bed, but you can if you want to. That's a good song to, to jump to. Uh, I also like how Kate's weather report there sounded much like how I order my breakfast at just another Phoenix. Like, would you like some? Uh, would you like some of the cream on that? Oh, just a little drizzle. <laughs> no offense, Kate. I'm not picking on you. I do, I do want to pick on Chuck Todd a little bit, though. You're going to step down from Meet the Press because you want to spend more time with your family. You work one day a week, Chuck Todd. Your show is on Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. I know that there's a lot that goes into putting that all together. People think that because someone has a show one time a week that they they only have to work one day a week. But especially shows like that, there's a lot of time that's put into it. You know, even when I was just doing Spooky South Coast and that was it, I spent, you know, days preparing for that show. Whether it be, you know, reading books uh, check, you know, reading up on guests, listening to some guests, other interviews, uh, planning things for the website. I mean, there was all kinds of work that went into just putting on a, a two-hour show on a Saturday night. So I, I, I understand wanting to step down. And also, the new host is a former ABC6 News reporter. So pretty good local connection there. Uh, also, in that news report, Kate mentioned AI and the some of the pitfalls with it that that people have to be out on the look uh, be on the lookout for and that has to be fact checked by actual human reporters and all of that and that is true because i've seen a lot of articles that are written by ai where i catch little things that are incorrect where you can tell that it's you know an ai written piece because there's little bits and pieces that aren't exactly that don't sound right so, for example, and this is, this is something that is innocuous, really. I don't think it matters that AI put this together, but I think you're going to see more of this happening. There's a lot of any, anything that you're into, there's usually a wiki for that. You're into coin collecting, there's a coin collecting wiki. You're into bicycle repair, there's a bicycle repair wiki. And if you like certain television programs or movies, there's wikis about those. Whether it be, you know, just Star Wars, of course, had Wikipedia. And that was something that um, was built up over decades, really. 
and it's very deep and it's got everything that you would ever possibly need to know about Star Wars in it. And that's something that was, you know, put together by human beings, human beings who cared and had the knowledge and researched it. But it seems like there's a wiki for everything right now. And so yesterday, because of a conversation I had with a friend, a friend is dating an actor who once had a role on the show 21 Jump Street. Now, he's a, a horror actor who's been in a lot of different things. We were talking about whether or not I wanted to have him come on the radio or come on Spooky or something uh, as he was going to be making an appearance uh, in the fall here in the area. And he also has a new album out and some other projects. So she says, you know, do you want to have him come on? And I said, yeah, we'll probably work something out for Spooky as we get a little bit closer. But she mentioned to me that he was on an episode of 21 Jump Street which was one of my favorite shows growing up, but I probably haven't watched most of it since it first aired. Maybe I caught the reruns on, on FX in the late 90s when that's the kind of stuff that FX showed, but I really haven't seen all the episodes. It just so happened that her boyfriend played a memorable character. Uh, but I'm looking it all up, and I realize that there's a wiki for 21 Jump Street. And I can't imagine somebody is sitting there spending the time creating all of this information about 21 Jump Street. So I start reading some of the articles on it. And sure enough, I start picking out the telltale signs that it is created by AI. So somebody is probably, and it, it might even be something more advanced than chat GPT. That's just what you and I as the consumers have access to. But there might be even more, you know, uh, larger programs that can just build things from scratch like this. But somebody basically said, you know, write me an article about uh, Sal Jenko, the actor who played Blowfish on 21 Jump Street. You know, minor character. And then you get three or four paragraphs. You put up that page. You enable Google Ads for it. And then some schmuck like me eventually comes along and says, I'm going to go get lost in the 21 Jump Street wiki. And next thing you know, you, there you go. You just made whatever incremental dollar figure you just made off me visiting that page. And if enough schmucks like me keep doing that, then you'll make some revenue off of it. And if that doesn't work, you'll go and you'll make an AI-related wiki to another thing. And it's good because, you know, it doesn't hurt anything that they are creating this. It certainly doesn't matter to me that they used AI. Some of the information may be incorrect, but whatever. How does it affect my life if I'm wrong in that little bit of trivia from a 21 Jump Street website. So in that regard, I don't see it as being this big dangerous threat. Now, what happens when the news is being created for you by AI? What happens when the actual information that you need to know is created by AI? When you are looking for information that you, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to look up something health-related, which, by the way, I would never recommend just going by what you read on the internet if you have a health issue. Go see a doctor. At least you know the doctor is a real living, breathing person. And if you're totally not sure, you have to ask them if they're a robot. And if they are a robot, they have to say yes. Otherwise, like, their heads will fry, and then you'll know they were a robot anyway. That's not true. Please do not ask your doctor if they are a robot. They will probably... Um, send you somewhere to a different kind of hospital. But 
you can go and you can trust them. Of course, you know, it's okay to, to look it up and, and, and realize that, okay, these symptoms do seem like they are something that are, are worth having checked out. But don't try and diagnose yourself from it, especially knowing now that not all of these articles that you read on some of these sites are written by human beings. And there was so much misinformation in the early days of the internet that never got filtered out. So keep that in mind that as, as these articles are being written by AI, all it's doing is scanning all of these websites. And I'm sure there are algorithms that have it rank certain sites for, you know, factual basis and all that kind of stuff. So it's okay. You're going to rank a Google article about this, or maybe it's a medical question. So something that comes from the New England Journal of Medicine website, you're going to rank that higher than something that you found on a 1997 Angel Fire page, but you're probably still going to find things on those Angel Fire pages that are still out there. So it's not like you can 100% trust what the AI is giving you, nor should you. But when it comes to, you know, 21 Jump Street trivia, who cares if it's, if it's right or wrong, right? It's not like you're going to a trivia night and they're going to ask you a 21 Jump Street question. But, you know, the show was surprisingly better than I remembered it. You know what's even better than I thought, too, is watching, uh, I think it was on Tubi I was watching it, Miami Vice. I don't think we appreciated just how good that show was at the time that it was on. You were getting like a mini movie every week. There's still some, some cheesy 80s-ness to both shows, but that's okay. That endears them a little bit. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. Um. Well, I can't hear the secrets that you keep when you're talking in your sleep. I know you think that the phone can hear you no matter what you're saying, but that, do that doesn't make it back to me. We don't do that here at WBSM, no. We need you to call in at 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app or send us an open line voicemail message. That's how we hear the secrets that you keep. Well, you choose what you want to share. But if you, if you want to call in and tell us some secrets, we can. That would be a fun show to do some morning. Call in and tell us one thing that you've never told anybody. And let's see what kind of calls we get on that. I think you're going to get some really lame ones at first until somebody calls in with a doozy. And then that's when everybody will open up the floodgates with them. It's funny because I was, um, I was on a internet show last night, a uh, paranormal show, and I was... You know, the, the guest talking about some different things, but it was a panel that had multiple people and they were asking me questions about radio. And one of the guests was from down south and she said, well, you know, the, the AM radio we have where I live is like, you know, I got a goat. Does anybody want to trade the goat? Or, I, you know, I've got an old bicycle that I'm willing to trade for something else. And the host was like, yeah, I can't believe that the, that kind of radio still exists. And I kind of looked at them both and thought in my head, wait, I've been saying I want to do a show like that. I've been saying I want to do a radio swap meet. 
you're making me feel bad. You're making me feel like it's something people wouldn't want to take part in. But I, I think that they would. We'll see. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it like one time this summer and see see how it works. But I just um, looking looking for ideas, different things that can be fun. Uh, certainly, we will uh, be talking a lot about some of the different things that will be happening around the South Coast, including this week. We've got a number of guests that are going to be joining us to talk about multiple issues. Uh, later on this morning, we should have Jack Spillane in from New Bedford Light. We'll talk about some of the things that are going on in the news, including this awful murder-suicide case. Uh, we will talk with... Uh, a few folks who have some events going on, including this Thursday. I'll be joined by D.A. Quinn and Brian Rose from the D.A.'s office. We'll be talking about the Bristol County Celebration of Seniors, which is taking part on June 16th. And we'll tell you how you can get registered. And seniors, if you want to get registered now for it, you can go to WBSM.com or the app and check out the Town Square Sunday interview that has all the information there about the numbers to call, the people to email to be able to get yourself registered and, uh, and then, of course, on Friday, the return of City Council President Linda Morad. And um, I forget which councilor she's bringing on this week, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, but we will not have the mayor on on Wednesday. He's going to be shifting back to the 11 o'clock hour. So he'll be on with Marcus and Chris on Wednesday. So you'll still be able to call in and ask the questions of the mayor. It's just easier for him to come in at 11 than it is for him to come in at 8. So we totally understand, and we want to make it so that it works for him. Let's take a quick phone call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. I'm an old lady, and I remember listening to WBSM when Stan Lip had Swap Shop. How'd that go? Did it Was it successful? Oh, I was a kid. I was a little kid, and uh, it was hysterical because looking back at it now, You'd hear people saying, I've got a 26-inch swim bike, and I'd like to trade for a rocking chair. And it would go on and on like that. And it was just so, like, funny. And I remember thinking, how can my mother listen to that? He was a very nice man, very nice man. But that was my impression of it as a kid. Well, I, I, I think we should give it a try. One thing I will not be swapping is my signed Stan Lip record. Really? Yes. What kind of music? Uh, he, I think it was like standards. He sang like, you know, the, the Great American Songbook kind of stuff. I never knew that. Yeah, and I think it was I think it was Taylor Cormier that gave me the record. I think he found it somewhere and said, here, I already have like five of these. Oh, wow. But it might not have been. It might have been somebody else. But I'm pretty sure Taylor's given me a lot of records over the years, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him. Right. Well, your tastes change as you grow, going back to the radio programming. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know that I would, I'd be listening intently to see if there's something I could swap. Sure, yeah. When you're, when you're a kid, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have anything to swap, so what do I want to take part in this for? But like, as an right. adult, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, as a, as a bargain hunter, just make sure that if I do that show, you keep me in check. Make sure that I'm not trying to take everything before people can actually swap it. And then you say, there was nothing this week, nothing to swap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they all brought it to the station, and and uh, and I don't know where it ended up. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much. You have a good day. Okay. You too. And I do have to take one final break for the hour. Why don't we do that? We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. We have a few moments here before we're going to go into the newsroom. We will get all of the national and international headlines from ABC News. And then Kate Robinson has all of your South Coast news in the WBSM newsroom. Uh, but, of course, if you go to WBSM.com, you will see all of our coverage of the um, just the horrible, horrible case of the murder-suicide that happened on Friday. And um, it was, again, the you know, the information in these situations 
always trickles out. Uh, but I think the DA's office did a good job of giving everybody everything that they could when they had the press availability and then release a little bit more information later on. So, I mean, obviously, we have to be careful in how we report it. Like, we're, we get comments from people and app chat messages from people saying, you know, you know that this person was the victim. Uh, why didn't you identify him? Why didn't you say his name in the article? And it's, well, we've got to wait for it to come officially because the authorities want to notify the next of kin and tell them all of that information privately before they read about it on social media or in a news report. So that's why, you know, even though it became pretty obvious um, who the victim was and, and what his name was, we had to wait until the DA's office uh, formally identified the young boy. So if um, if you haven't had a chance to check out those stories, you can. Um, maybe maybe it's not the way that you want to start your day, but it's the information that we have at this time. And of course, if any more information comes out during the course.